Hello, and thanks for tuning in to the Peckville Assembly of God podcast. We're so glad you're here. Now welcome Pastor Tyler Drost with today's message. You know, what's funny is you can have what you say. I said, you can have what you say. I told Dr. Seville at lunch yesterday, two days ago, I said, you know, Brother Jerry, I said, other than when we met in Fort Worth a few years ago, we'd never met before. And uh, I said, I grew up watching you on TV. I said, my great-grandfather, Richard, I said, he was a bit of a cowboy, amen? I said, but you know what's funny is we were two and three years old. All he'd ever put on was Brother Jerry and Brother Jesse and Brother Copeland. Brought parts, you know, just faith teaching constantly as children. There's value in that, parents. I said, there's value in that, parents. You can't start your kids too young on the things of God. And if you don't, the world will start them on it. Come on, and not the things of God. They'll start them on their agenda. Next thing you know, you're what your kids coming in the room and wondering, you know, what gender they are and all kinds of nonsense that the world pushes on them, which is a bunch of crap. Amen. I said, Amen. It's okay. You could say crap and amen in the same sentence I just did. <laughs> no, the truth is, you can't start your kids too young. My daughter just turned one. She's probably listening to more sermons than anybody her age. You know, it's comical, but it's true. Why? Because faith comes by hearing, that by hearing the Word of God. It didn't say once they hit a certain age, you, you can gain faith. No, no, the Bible says in Romans 12, 3, to each has been given the measure of faith. Faith is measurable. Come on, faith is measurable. To each has been given the measure of faith. How about this? When Jesus said to Centurion, I have not seen such great faith in all the household of Israel. A lot of people know he had great faith. Oh, man. I said he had great faith. Faith is measurable. And the truth is, it's not up to God how much faith you're going to get. It's up to you, sir, ma'am. It's up to you what you're putting in your spirit. It's up to you how you're feeding your spirit, man. Here's what I found out a long time ago. The more and more you feed your spirit on faith, then it's just like your spirit, man, gets elevated to a place. And watch this. Then the gift of faith kicks in. Oh, man. Then the gift of faith kicks in. I told Brother Jerry at lunch, I said, I got possessed by the gift of faith. I said, I got possessed by the gift of faith. You know, I've heard people say, well, I don't know about that Brother Copeland and Jerry and Jesse. Look, just take the reservations off. I'm telling you, you cannot listen to faith teaching and not have faith get built on the inside. Look at the fruit of the ministry. So I said, Brother Jerry, I said, we were kids. I said, my great-grandfather babysit us. His idea of babysitting was put faith teaching on the TV and made us, you know, crank up the volume so that's all we could hear. Amen? How many people know it's stuck? I said it's stuck. Thank God. Hallelujah. Because even when I wasn't living for God and doing things that, you know, let's just not exactly say we're Christian. Deep down on the inside of me, I always knew what I was taught. I always knew how I was raised. I knew what I was taught from the time I was a child. Those faith sermons that come back up on the inside. You understand? Because the Bible says train up a child the way they should go. And when they grow older, they won't depart from it. I was talking to a lady the other day. She says, well, my, my son's on drugs. I said, stop saying that. Well, it's true. I said, I understand that. That's what is true at the moment. But you need, the Bible says, Abraham, like God, who called things that be not as though they were, and then watched them come to pass. I said, rather than saying my kid's on drugs, why not start thanking God that your kid is worshiping God? Why not start thanking God? Oh, Lord, I thank you. My son's a prayer warrior. Oh, Father, I, I call things to be not as though they were, Father, and faith, it's a reality to me. 
Father, I'll confess it and believe it until it goes beyond mental assent and gets beyond, well, that's just, no, 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 I'm going to confess that thing until it becomes a reality in my heart. Because here's what I know. If I can get it in my heart, the Bible says, out of the abundance of the heart, the mouth shall speak. So you begin to understand the more and more I confess something and I get it deep down as a revelation in my heart, then it has to become a manifestation in my heart. Come on. And so anything with God's word, you can get a revelation of. That's why you got to continually be feeding your spirit, amen? Because if you're not continually feeding your spirit, how many people know it's going to starve? Let me ask you this. How many times do you feed your belly today? Too many, <laughs> right? But if we don't feed our belly, what happens? Maybe I'm the only one, right? Come on. And I, I don't know what it is, but truthfully, I seem to get a little bit more irritated easier when I'm hungry. Come on. Can I get a witness? Why? Because my belly's let me know I need to be fed. Now, imagine if we get in tune with the Holy Ghost and our spirit begins to let us know it needs to be fed. Just as much as you're feeding carnal man, you got to feed the spiritual man. Come on, somebody. So when you understand, you know, well, I get it. We're singing, I'm no longer a slave. No, no. You keep confessing that until that becomes a reality in your life. Because watch this. The Bible says, by your words, you'll be justified or by your words, you'll be condemned. Most people, I believe, quit one day too short of their miracle. I said, one, most people quit one day too short of their miracle. If you would learn to not give up. Oh, man. If you would learn to not quit, if you would learn to just, well, I don't, you don't understand how I'm feeling. Whoa, 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 last I checked, we walk by faith and not by sight. Brother Copeland taught me something years ago. He said, I'm not moved by what I see. I'm not moved by what I feel. I'm not moved by my feelings. I'm not moved by my sight. I'm moved by what the Word of God says. He says, and when you learn to stand on the Word of God, then you'll have what God's Word says. And I said, Brother Jerry, I said, when I was a kid, I told my grandfather, just came back to me today, the other day. I said, someday I'm going to meet those guys. So I told him, my great-grandfather, a little kid, I said, I'm going to meet those guys on TV. That's crazy for a kid to say. And you know what most parents would say? Oh, little Johnny, little Tyler, you know, he's always saying stuff. Bless his heart, right? Come on, parents. Oh, bless his heart, son. We're living in Montdale. Not sure you know that, but bless your heart. Come on. In fact, we weren't even in Montdale. We were in Tompkinsville. Ever heard of it? Probably not. There was one street that went through. Amen? It, Montdale was like the metropolis next door to Tompkinsville. True story. Where I grew up. And it became so surreal to me. A couple of years ago, when Brother Copeland laid his hand, called Carolyn and I out and just blessed us. But we were standing in Fort Worth, Texas. Twenty-some thousand people in the arena. Brother Copeland and Jesse and Jerry. I was getting, Celebrating 50 years of Brother Copeland's ministry four years ago. And I, it was like a dream. See, some of y'all, that, that might not mean nothing. But to me, it's like the Lord snapped me back in time to when I was a child. And I pointed at TV set and said, Grandpa, someday I'm going to meet those guys. Someday I'm going to meet those guys. To me, it was a dream becoming a reality. But here's the thing. I never gave up on that dream. I never went back and said, well, it'll probably never happen. I'm from Tompkinsville. I was born on the wrong side of the spoon. I'm in northeastern Pennsylvania. To a point of, not only I get to meet these guys, but then a couple years ago, Brother Jesse calls me on the phone. I thought it was a joke. I really, I really did. He, I was traveling for about six weeks. I came back. He was on my answering machine. <laughs> and I said, oh, right, this, this is, you know, one of my idiot brothers. That's what I said. I said, pretend to be Jesse Duplain. He ain't calling here, right? 
flesh. And I called the number back, and they said, Just the Blessed Ministries. And I hung the phone up on them. I'm telling the truth because I thought it was a joke. But here's what I found out. Folks, if God's given you a dream, now whatever your dream is, doesn't have to be with preacher gun, whatever your dream is, if you'll just hold on to it long enough, if you'll just hold on to it, believe in God, confess it. Watch this. The old people used to say, staying in faith. Oh, man. Well, I, I don't know. Ephesians 6, it says, having done all to stand, stand firm. What are you going to do? Having done all to stand, stand firm. How's it going to happen? Having done all to stand, stand firm. Here's what I found out. All I have to do is keep standing. All I have to do is keep standing. And if I'll keep standing, his word keeps standing. If I'll keep standing, I, there's nothing I can't do. There's nothing you can't do. Well, brother, that's bold. No, it's not. That's what the Apostle Paul said. He said, I can do all things through Christ who strengthens me. Last I checked, and, and I, I paid a lot of money for a degree to learn this stuff. I'll save you guys all the money. All things translates to all things. Amen? He said, I can do all things through Christ who strengthens me. That means there's not one thing I can't do. There's not one thing you can't do. I used to not be able to do everything in the flesh, but then I got born again of the Spirit. I said, I got born again. The Bible says we've been born again of incorruptible seed. You understand there's incorruptible seed on the inside of you. There's greatness on the inside of you. There's healing on the inside of you. There's blessing on the inside. God's spirit lives on the inside of you. Paul tried to reiterate it over and over and over again. The Corinthians trying to teach him, do you not know you're the temple of the Holy Ghost? Do you not know you're the temple of the living God? Catch this revelation, this authority Jesus talked about and not only talked about but operated in. And he said, don't do anything till this power from on high comes on to you. Guess what? It lives on the inside of you. And guess what? If you you can tap into what's on the inside of you and just believe God enough that healing's on the inside of me, that blessing's on the inside of me, that peace is on the inside of me, joy's on the inside of me, then anything I can need, want, or desire in this life already lives on the inside of me because God already put it in there. You understand? You have incorruptible seed living on the inside of you. Next time you think you're a loser, just remind yourself, I have incorruptible seed on the inside. Oh, baby. Well, bless his heart. We're in Pompkinsville. You ain't ever going to meet that guy. Oh, baby. I've been on airplanes with all three of them. I'm just telling you. I'm not bragging. I'm talking about the goodness of God. Don't tell me what faith can't do. Don't tell me. You understand, there's no limit to what faith can do. There's no limit to what faith can do. If that's the only thing you got tonight, you're blessed. Come on. There's no limit to what faith can do. There's no limit to what you can do. I said, there's no, let me ask you this. Can God do anything? Is there anything God can't do? Of course, he can't lie things of that nature. But God can do all things. The Bible says it like this. Is there anything too hard for the Lord? I love that scripture. Because here's what I found out. God lives in me. And if you're born again, God lives in you. And the Bible says, is there anything too hard for the Lord? Which means there's nothing too hard for me either. Which means I can do all things through Christ who strengthens me. Which means, yeah, I'm going to battle. I'm called to battle. You are too, amen? But guess what? We're destined to win. I might be called to battle, but I'm destined to win. 
There's nothing that can take me out in this world. There's nothing that can take you out. There's nothing that's premature going to kill me. There's nothing that's going to come on me. Why? Because I have faith to believe God lives on the inside of me. God has called me for such a time as this. God has a purpose and a destiny on my life, and he does for you too if you're a child of God. And when you realize there's a purpose and a destiny on the inside of you, then there's nothing that can snuff that out. I said there's nothing that can snuff that out. Well, brother, you don't understand. I've been battling. We'll just win already. I said, just win. Because here's what I found out. The devil can only battle so long. His cohorts can only battle so long. They can only try and drag me around as long as I let them. But when I found out there's greater power on the inside of me. Oh, you ain't dragging me in the arena of fear. I'm going to drag you over here in the arena of faith. Because here's what I know when you're in the arena of faith. You're like a lion without teeth. And when I got you dragged in the arena of faith, I'm just going to use my authority that's been granted to me by the name of Jesus. And that means everything you've tried to plague me with, hallelujah. The Bible says the enemy comes in one way, and my God will cause him to scatter seven ways. My God has seven names, you know. Oh, man. I said, my God has seven names. And I, when I get a realization, you get a realization that we are children of the Most High God. Your father's royalty, you understand. Oh, man. I said, your father's royalty, you understand. You understand, he called you a royal priesthood. Chosen generation. And you're calling yourself what? You're too broke. You're, you, well, I'm, I'm a loser. I'm, I'm a down and outer. I'm, no, 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 no. I'm a child of the most high God. Last I checked, I've been chosen by God. Woo, baby. Get a revelation of that, that God himself chose you. The Bible says before the foundations of the earth. You understand, you have a God in heaven who loves you, who has great plans for you. But here's the thing. The Bible says plans to prosper and never to harm. I didn't say it. The God's word did. You say the P word, people get uptight. No, God said plans to prosper and never to harm. Plans to bring you a great future and a great hope. Last I checked, God pays for what he orders. Oh, man, I said God pays for what he orders. Last I checked, God finishes what he starts. I said he finishes what he starts. Now let me ask you this. Has God started something in your life? Oh, man, you're about to get a revelation in this place tonight. I said, has God started something in your life? Obviously, he has if you're in church on a Wednesday night. Amen. And when it's raining, cats and dogs outside. No, God's put a purpose and a destiny on the inside of you. Otherwise, you wouldn't be here. <laughs> now, it's up to you and I to get a hold of what that purpose and destiny is. And when you get a hold of what God's called you to do, there's nothing in hell that can stop it. There's no devil in hell, no demon in hell that can stop you. There's no person that can stop you. Oh, man. There's nothing that can snuff out God's plan for your life except for you. But truthfully, even as believers, sometimes we get comfortable. And not, you know, well, I'm saved. I'm on my way to heaven. Bless God. Good thing. Amen. I don't know about you, but I'm not trying to go to hell. Amen. Maybe I'm the only one. I'm going to heaven. I've made my reservation. How about you? Come on. The Bible says I'm going to make a citizen of heaven. Whew. I changed my citizenship. I'm still American. Amen. God bless the USA. But I've got reservations in the next life too. How about you? And here's what I found out. Flip over. I'll show this to you. Oh, it is going to bless you. 
Get over there in 1 John 5. <laughs> See, I love getting around great, great men and women of faith because it charges my faith. I love getting around people that say, Tyler, don't ever stop believing. Don't ever stop dreaming. Come on. If you get around people that tell you everything you can't do, get rid of them. You want a scripture for that? Mark chapter 5, where Jesus went to heal Jairus' daughter, and he threw all the family out of the house. He did. It's the Bible says he put everybody out of the house because of their doubt and unbelief. And only took in with them Peter, James, and John. Goes in and says, the daughter Talitha Kuhn, which means my little daughter arise. And then Jesus makes her a sandwich. Don't tell me God don't care about your physical needs too. Come on, he raises the daughter up from the dead and then says, make her a sandwich. That's my kind of Jesus, amen? Come on, I'm more like make a steak, but we're all right with it. Now, come on. Right? First John, John chapter 5, you there? Watch this. Starting in verse 1, everyone who believes that Jesus is the Christ has been born of God. Woo, fix your eyes on that one. Say this with me. Say, I have been born of God. Jesus. Get a revelation of that. Say, I have been born of God. Now put that in your tank. And hold on to it every single day. Make that your confession when you wake up. God, I thank you. I've been born of you. Let me ask you this. Can the devil harm God? I said, can the devil harm God? <laughs> now, you've been born of God. It's about time the devil takes his hands off of you. About time the devil takes his hands off your stuff. About time the devil takes his hand off of every area of your life. And goes back to the pit of hell where he belongs. See, like most people don't understand, like cancer. Cancer is a spirit. Oh, man. Cancer is a spirit. Right from the pit of hell, sent on assignment to destroy people. Jesus said in John chapter 10 and verse 10, the thief comes to steal, to kill, and to destroy. Now, does cancer come to steal, kill, and destroy? Then it sounds like it's from hell. But Jesus said, I have come that you might have life and life more abundantly. The NLT says that you might have a rich and abundant life. Somebody say, praise God for that. Unless you don't like that version. But that was good with me, amen? <laughs> come on. Everyone who believes that Jesus is the Christ has been born of God. And everyone who loves the Father, watch this, loves whoever has been born of him. Woo, baby. I better just keep looking forward. Some Christians, or call themselves Christians, that kind of throws them out right there. Well, I don't like that preacher. Say what? I don't think they ought to be doing that at that church. Mm -hmm. Guess what your opinions are like? Everybody's got them and most of them stink. What does the word of God Armpits, amen. What, is, what does the word of God say? The word of God says anybody who loves God must love whoever's been born. Oh, man. Oh, that would set a lot of Christians free. I bet a lot of Christians, if they learn to forgive people and love the people of God, their prayers would get answered like that. That's a bold statement. No, it's not. It's Mark eleven twenty five. And when you stand praying, forgive. Forgive. Well, I don't think. That's the problem. You don't think. 
Amen. Clearly, we heard you talk. You clearly don't think. Amen. I think they're doing something wrong at that church. That's the problem. You keep thinking and thinking and thinking with carnal mind rather than coming and experiencing the Holy Ghost with your spirit. Come on, taste and see. Come on, get a drink at the well. Here's what I know. You'll encounter the power of the Holy Ghost in this church. And when you encounter the power of the Holy Ghost, the Bible says those who hunger and thirst for righteousness shall be filled. I promise you, you get a drink of the Holy Ghost, and you, you ain't going to wonder if, if God was in the place or not. When there's signs, wonders, and miracles, you don't got to wonder, was God there today? No, no, no. Well, you know, I've had a lot of people even. You know, I had some guy tell me the other day in Wegmans. Sat down to eat with another pastor from New York. And uh, he came over to me. He says, hey. I said, yes, sir. You never know nowadays what people are going to. He says, you on TV in the morning? I said, uh, oh, God, where is this going? I said, uh, yes, sir. You know, i got to tell you something, kid. Here we go. I know, right? Amen. I received your confession, brother. You can call me kid till I'm 120. Amen. And uh, he says, you know, a lot of people think you're, I don't know how else to say it, slinging a bunch of BS. I said, Okay. Like as if that's going to hurt my feelings. He goes, but I like you. I said, I like you too. Amen. I wasn't sure he was going to punch me or tell me he liked me. So all of a sudden, I like you too. Amen. He goes, you know what I like about you? You just tell it how it is. I said, yeah, I'm definitely guilty as charged there. Amen. I'm not your guy for if you don't want to hear the truth. He goes, you know what really got me though? He says, you got them medical reports of people actually getting healed. I hear lots of preachers talking about healing, but you got medical reports of people getting healed. I said, you're right, I do. You want to see them? He stepped back and smiled. He goes, you know, a lot of people talk about stuff. He says, you got what you talk about. I said, sir, you got that right. Smile on my face in Wegmans. And then I ate my sushi and my sandwich and moved on, amen? But it's true. You know, see, because growing up, folks, I I'll tell you what attracted me to some of these preachers that I I've gotten privileged to meet and come and preach in this church. Amen. You know, if you weren't here Monday night, man, where in the world were you? I'm going to Dr. Jerry Seville in the house. I'll tell you, Jerry is just, I love that guy. You know, they call, <laughs> call me, he called me early Tuesday morning. Uh, yeah, Tuesday morning. I was driving the school bus still. He says, son, what are you doing? I said, well, driving the bus. What are you doing? He says, you pick me up early? I said, I'll do whatever you want. He says, we go to the Harley dealer? I said, you ain't got to twist my arm into that one. We go there anytime you want to go. Amen? Come on. <laughs> and we got to talking. You might think that's funny. Go to the Harley dealer. Obviously, I like Harleys. Amen? Took mine for a ride last night. But you know what he said to me? Or at the Harley dealer, bless me. He said, son, here's what you got to learn. Tranquility produces creativity. I said, ooh. I said, I'm going to steal that. Amen? I said, I'll give you the credit for it, but I, that's mine. He said, well, I got that from T.L. Osborne, but you can have it. He said, son, here's what, here's what you got to realize. He said, you got to get around what you love. Because if you're not around what you love, your creativity gets stolen from you. That's powerful. That's, that's worth the price of admission, amen? Come on, it's free to get in. It's just a joke, folks. That's worth the price of admission. He said tranquility produces creativity. It was just like the mouth of God speaking right to me. Because that's what I needed to hear. 
Come on, anybody else get busy once in a while? And the truth is, we could be well-intentioned being busy, and it ruins or sucks away our creativity. Jesus designed us to be creative beings, you understand? Oh, man. I said, he put intelligent design in you to be a creative being. God was a creator. God is a creator. Now, if you're God's son, I said, if you're God's son, then there's something creative on the inside of you, too. Oh, man, if the church of Jesus Christ would catch on to what I'm talking about here. I'm talking about God's your father. You've been made a son or a daughter of God. And if God's creator, then there's creativity on the inside of you. There's dreams on the inside of you. Watch this, folks. There's businesses on the inside of you. There's inventions on the inside of you. I've said it before. I don't understand why wicked people own Apple. You know? Steve Jobs. I mean, God rest his soul. But, man, he wasn't a believer. Why are carnal men making the inventions of the world? And all of us dummy Christians have to buy them from them. Why does Jeff Bezos own Amazon? We have the Holy Ghost living on the inside of us. The Bible says, how be it when the spirit of truth has come, he will lead you and guide you into all truth. He does not speak on his own authority. John 16, 13, and 14, in case you wonder where I'm at. He does not speak on his own authority. No, he speaks every word he hears the Father saying. Then Jesus said this, and this one makes me shout every time I hear it. Jesus said in John 16, 15, all that the Father has is mine. I said, I believe that. And in the next verse, where no Christian believes, he says, all that the Father has is mine. And I'm going to take it. And the Holy Ghost is going to give it unto you. Woo, that's shouting ground. Everything God has belongs to Jesus. And he said, the Holy Spirit's going to give it unto you. The Holy Spirit's going to show it unto you. You know what I got a realization of or a revelation of? God is my Father. And everything God has, I have access to because of the blood of Jesus. Because I've been made a son or a daughter of God, I can have what God has. And you can too. The angels said to God in Psalm chapter 8, they said, who is man that you're mindful of him? And fires me up. Who's man here mindful of him? God says, let me tell you who he is. He says, I've made him just a little bit lower than me. Oh, read it for yourself. Don't look like I'm making this up. This is Psalm chapter 8. It'll blow your mind. He says, I've made him just a little bit lower than me. He says, I've given him dominion and authority over all the fish, over all the birds, over everything I have created with my hands. I have given them authority. And I said, Lord, everything you created? He said, yes, sir. I said, Lord, angels are created beings. I said, angels are created beings. He said, yes, they are. I said, you mean there's angels on assignment for this boy? There's angels on assignment for you as a son or a daughter of God. The Bible says in Hebrews 1.14, after all, angels are just ministering spirits sent on assignment for those that are to be the heirs of salvation. Last I checked, you and I are heirs of salvation. That means we have angels all around us. Psalm chapter 90, we have angels on assignment for you and I. Well, I don't know. That's why people tell me about my motorcycle. I told Jared this yesterday. I said, people tell me all the time I hardly. Good God-fearing people. Well, you got to be careful. You know, them things are dangerous. Yeah. You, you, you got to watch. There's drunk drivers on the road. Yeah, and there's drunk drivers when I'm driving my car or my truck or anything else, too. There's just as many drunk people then, too. Well, the deer. You really got to watch the deer. Don't you worry. I kill enough deer. They're afraid of me. Amen. 
I ain't worried about no deer. I got them hanging on the walls at home. Amen? Just ask Carolyn. I'm like, this will look good in the living room. She just whips up her eyes. Clearly it went to the basement. Amen. I said, Brother Jerry, I've had more good God-fearing people say stuff like that to me. And they mean well. I understand. Folks, I realize that, you know, we live in a fallen world. But here's what you don't understand. I got a couple of big old angels riding alongside of me. I got one riding in front of me. Riding behind me. Here's what I found out in his word. He said his angels are encamped around me. That means on the north, south, east, and the west, I got big old angels around me. And here's what I found out. That there are angels on every side. Come on, angels on every side. The Bible says in Psalm 91, it says, though a thousand may fall at my right side or 10,000 at my left side, it won't touch me or my household. I said it won't touch me or my household. You know what that is? That's called faith. That's called calling things that be not as though they were. That's called, well, aren't you worried about flu season? No, I am living in the fall season. Last I checked, Dodo, there's four seasons on the calendar. Spring, summer, winter, and fall. I'm not sure where flu season came in there, but I wasn't taught that in school. Call me uneducated or edumacated or whatever you want to call it, but there's no flu season on my calendar. How about you? And when the enemy does try to come in like a flood, like he did to me last week, for those of you who here when I was preaching last week, I just preach right through it. Oh, I just mess with somebody's theology. I just preach right through it. I told the devil before I came out here last Wednesday, I said, if you think you silence my voice by, like, trying to hurt my throat, I'll just preach twice as hard and twice as long, so you better hope their butts can endure it. Amen. That was last week, not tonight. Somebody say praise God. <laughs> but the thing is, I'm not letting him steal from me. I've made up my mind. I said, I've made up my mind. Do I get challenges in life? You better believe it. Don't you? Jesus said in John 16, 33, he says, in this world, you'll have tribulation. And most Christians stop there. But he says, take heart, for I have overcome the world. Now, if most Christians would catch on to the second half of that verse, they would have got delivered 30 years ago. Come on. Bible says, yeah, the Bible says many are the afflictions of the righteous. You're right, it does. But let's read the second half of that verse. But the Lord delivers them out of all of them. Every last one. So yeah, you could confess many are your afflictions. And guess what? Yes, there are many afflictions of the righteous. But the Lord delivers me out of every last one of them. That means the enemy might try and attack me one way, but he made a mistake. He got the wrong address because my God stands before me. He's got angels all around me. And according to Deuteronomy 28, though the enemy attacks you one way, God will send them out seven ways. So it would be in his best interest to bother somebody else. Come on. It's called developing your faith. It's called the each has been given the measure of faith. I had somebody say to me, well, you're a young guy. You haven't dealt with much. I said, you clearly don't know me. I got scars on my body to prove what I've dealt with more than most people will in a lifetime. I've had total blood transfusions. Doctors looked at my parents and said, I'm sorry, he's gone. No, no, no. My father ran in that hospital. My lifeless body in his arms, confessing faith and praying in tongues over me. Three o'clock in the morning. Remember he used to be on a hospital in Carbondale? That's where they ran in. Dr. Brutico. I don't remember that guy. Thank God for him. Put all these units of blood in me. Here I am. I said, here I am. Why? Because of the goodness of my God. Don't tell me my God's not good. 
I don't know what God you serve, but my God is a good God who fills my life with good things. Well, yeah, but. That's the problem. Your butt's in the way. We serve a good God. Amen? Come on. We serve a good God. I got burned with fire, man. Third degree burns from waist up my skin grafts here and there. Life flighted me to the Lehigh Valley Burn Center. And the doctor said, 10 years old. <laughs> they said, I'm sorry, my parents. He won't make it through the day. I don't know what kind of drugs they had me on. They thought it was drugs. I rolled my head over. Oh, you have seven layers of skin in your neck. So I'm told I burned through five of them. They're worried about me moving my neck and severing my head from my body, not to sound gruesome. And I said, I won't die. I'll live. I said, I got half the churches on the East Coast praying for me. I'm going to live at 10 years old. You know why? Because I was taught it as a child. Because my great-grandfather, who only had a third-grade education, put faith preachers on the TV as he was babysitting us as a child. And you know what? I'll say it now because he's gone. He died as a multimillionaire. He owned horse ranches and restaurants and car dealerships and all I don't know what that man wasn't into. You know what he taught us as kids? You work hard and you give to God. Don't let anybody tell you there isn't anything you can't do. He said, I had everybody tell me my whole life, Richard, you only have a third grade education, but God has been good to me. And when you hear that stuff as a child, guess what? It sticks. When granddad owned a trailer park, there's like 50-some trailers there, and took us up as kids. I mean, he was rough. He was like barely saved, Amen. But filled with the Holy Ghost. Amen. He always wore cowboy boots, carried a gun, big old belt buckle. All right. Anyway. <laughs> but love God. Love God's house. And you wouldn't know he had it. But I tell you what. He said, I never let anybody tell me what I couldn't do because I only had a third grade education ringing home. When are you going to stop making excuses about what you can't do? Well, you know, most people, I'm a victim. No, you're the victor and the victim. Choice is, which one are you going to be today? Oh, man. You know, I used to like Batman. It was like the guy that was Two-Face. We're not sure what you're getting. Come on, anybody. Jekyll or Hyde? Some of y'all work for a boss. You're not sure if he's Jekyll or Hyde. Amen? Oh, God been born of God. But everyone who loves the Father loves whoever has been born of Him. Amen? I'll tell you this. You don't have to do it tonight, but I'll tell you this. Ask the Lord to forgive you if you've ever spoke ill of anybody. Just say, Lord, forgive me. I've done wrong. I, I apologize, Lord. Genuinely, I repent. Because here's where your deliverance begins with your repentance. Your deliverance begins with your repentance. Amen? Verse 2. By this, we know that we love the children of God when we love God and obey His commandments. Somebody say, obey His commandments. I got to keep moving or I'll keep you here all night. I could preach this thing all night. <laughs> Verse 3. For this is the love of God that we keep His commandments. Oh, I didn't think any amens were coming there. Come on, that we keep His commandments. People say, I don't know why you go to that church and tithe, because he commanded us to. I don't understand why you go to church so much, because he commanded us to. You know what I found out? This whole movement's going on, you don't need to go to church, and churches are in your home and whatever. They've clearly never read Hebrews 10.25. 
don't forsake the gathering together of the saints. Oh boy, I just uprooted somebody's theology. And then you wonder why they have no impact and no power, because they're not doing it God's way. Because they're not doing it God's way. You want to operate in the things of God, you got to do things God's way. You want to operate in the blessing of God, you got to do it God's way. Oh man. I said, you got to do it God's way. No strings attached. I said, no strings attached. Amen? Don't worry, I'm not taking an offering. I'm just telling you what the word says. <laughs> Loosen the cheeks. Amen? For this is the love of God, that we keep his commandments. And watch this. And his commandments are not burdensome. Ooh, baby. I just ruined somebody's theology on that one. I didn't write this. This is the word of God, folks. His commandments are not burdensome. You know what I found out? Jesus said, my yoke is easy, my burden is light. You know what I found out? When I do things his way, his yoke is easy, his burden is light. When I do things my own way, it's not very easy, and there's nothing light about it. Can I get a witness? I don't know about you, but I tried to do things in my own strength. It doesn't work. Learn from my mistakes. It does not work. But here's what I found out. There is a way that seems right unto man, but in the end leads to destruction. But the Bible says that the steps of the righteous are ordered of Almighty God, that God has great plans for me. And here's what I found out. If I do things God's way, if I follow God's plan for my life, everything just falls right in the line. <laughs> I said everything falls right in the line. You know, you can see the picture on Facebook, so who cares who gets up tight? I stood down there with Brother Jerry yesterday uh, with his airplane. And I love planes, amen? I hope you like something too. Come on, I like airplanes. Sue me over it, you know, whatever. <laughs> How many people have a passion in here? Boy, well, the rest of you guys better find a passion. Otherwise, you might find a grave, amen? Come on. I like planes, I love planes. I tell him probably more about that plane than he knows about it. I'm telling you, man, I can tell you something about the avionics, about the engines. I, I, since I was a kid, I was fascinated with it. First missions trip I was ever on. Right after I, I got out of the burn unit, got whatever, I was down there for three months and whatever, homebound. First thing I did when I came back, I said, Dad, I want to go on a missions trip. He said, well, that's good, because I'm running one to Mexico. I said, I'm going with you. It's like 10 years old. What do they say? Full of pee and vinegar. No, I was just full of the Holy Ghost. Amen? And so we went to Mexico and built these churches with this guy, Nick Pino. I love Nick. He was a Sicilian Italian, which means you didn't mess with him. Amen? He used to say stuff like this. Let's make a deal. This is the deal. I said, you're my kind of guy. Come on. Brother, me and you can do great things for God. He built over 100 churches across Mexico. Whew. Stuff I grew up in, you understand? Translated for Rex Humbar when he was a kid. Or Red Bull Arena is a 20,000 people. I grew up in this thing, you understand? Around the fire of God. People say, well, well, you're awfully passionate. No, no, I've been touched by the fire. And when you've been in the fire, you don't die in the smoke. Woo! I said, you don't die in the smoke. When you've been branded by fire, you want nothing but fire. When you've been touched by the hand of Almighty God, you want nothing but the hand of God. And there's nothing that satisfies but the hand of God. Trust me, I tried everything this world had to offer. Alcohol, drugs, all, women, all kinds of stuff. And I promise you, nothing satisfies like the hand of Almighty God. Nothing satisfies like the fire of Almighty God. And here's the thing, when you get branded by fire, you can't settle for any less. 
That's why I hate fake Christians. Woo, I just offended somebody. I can't stand, like, you know, gray Christians, if I can say it like that. Well, you know, sometimes we live like Jesus, sometimes we live like the devil. But someday, brother, I, oh, man, does that stuff turn me up, brother? You know what I love? The real deal. It's either black or it's white. I'm not talking legalism. I'm talking the power of God. I'm talking, that's what attracted me to these guys when I was a kid, Lynn. I said, these guys, half what they say. I said, these guys don't only teach healing, they demonstrate it. These guys don't only teach blessing, they have it. And as a kid, I, it was like a magnet that drew me in. Because truthfully, there's a whole bunch of preachers that preach a whole bunch of stuff with no demonstration. And the truth is, without any demonstration or manifestation, we have a whole lot of frustration. Oh, baby, that'll preach. Guess what? You could keep people with smoke and fog and all that, that nonsense, but it only keeps them so long. I'm not anti-smoker. What do you want to smoke? I mean, have at it. I was with President Crabtree one time. <laughs> he used to crack me up. And this lady says, will cigarettes send you to hell? He says, I don't know, but it sure makes you smell like it. Amen. <laughs> if you smoke, we're not taking a cigarette offering tonight. Amen. okay it's a joke folks you can laugh the nicotine off your breath amen <laughs> somebody <laughs> oh I crack myself up sometimes but when you've been touched by the fire of God I'll tell you folks, you want nothing but it you know what I can't stand preachers who say well sometimes healing is God's will sometimes it's not you know why Show me one person who Jesus turned away from healing. Find me one. He even healed people he didn't plan on healing. Mark 5, woman with the issue of blood grabbed the hem of his garment. He said, "Woo! who touched me? I felt healing virtue come out of me. You know why? He wasn't even playing. He was just walking through a crowd of people. But this lady's face, she said, I know if I just touch the hem of his garment, I will be made whole after 12 years of dealing with a blood disorder. After spending all of her money on everything she has, she said, I know if I could just touch the hem of his garment. You understand, faith and action put together. Faith and a point of contact. I know if I just touch the hem of his garment, I will be made whole. And she grabbed the hem of Jesus' garment. He said, who touched me? And the disciples said, who do you mean who touched you? Look at the crowd. There are thousands of people around here. Knuckleheads. He says, no. I felt healing virtue go out of me. I felt healing virtue leave my body. And here's what I found out. Tears don't move God. Shouting doesn't move God. Rolling or dancing or whatever. Some people, I saw a guy the other day, was on all fours, mooing like a dog or something. That don't move God. You know what moves God? Faith. You know the only thing that moves God? Faith. The Bible says in Hebrews 11:6, without faith, it is impossible to please God. Somebody messaged me yesterday. He said, do you think you please God? You know, I said, well, yes, I do. I'm not going to give some sacrilegious answer. Yes, I do, because here's what I found out. Faith is what pleases God. Woo, I got a list on a, a, a phone on my faith. Yeah, phone on my faith. Faith on my phone. I'm telling you, it looks like a Christmas list that Almighty God would have to be Santa Claus for. Because here's what I found out. <laughs> With God, you can increase in what you're believing for. Oh, man, I said you can increase. Don't go believing for a house. You never believe for a bow tie. Amen? But here's what I found out. As faith, as faith increases. When I was with Brother Copeland a few years ago. We were in Washington, D.C. 
Like 10,000 people was there. Jesus, help me. And the Lord spoke to me. I'll just say it for what it is. He was believing God for a Gulfstream jet. And I just sold a car the day before. I was working in the car business, brother. And the Lord said to me, sow that money. I said, Lord, all of it? I said, I don't know where you think me and Carolyn are going to dinner afterward, but it's going to be nowhere. Amen. We're going on a fast starting right now. <laughs> yeah, you guys laugh. Easier said than done. Amen. I said, yes, sir. We're sitting over in this 10,000 people. The minute I, I released it, because it was a thing of faith. I'm not, that's not always money, but I'm just telling you how the Lord spoke to me there. The minute I released that thing, he don't call people out hardly much at all. He said, get that couple over there and bring them down here. I'm like, yeah, but, 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 but me? Come on, just call for what it is. You're in an arena of 10,000 people. Somebody calls you out. It's gonna, and he's got that John Wayne kind of thing going on. Amen? Like, brother, that's who reminded me of John Wayne. I mean, you know, he might pull out a six-shooter. I mean, you don't know where he's going. Amen? And he called us down. He stood right here in the Hilton Memorial Chapel. And he was standing right here. I'll never forget. And he started speaking things over my wife and I. Stuff I never even told my wife. Stuff the dreams the Lord gave me as a child that I was afraid to ever tell anybody because they think I was nuts. Now revealed not only to my wife, but in front of about 10,000 people. And he said, son, from this day forward, your whole ministry changes, amongst other things. You know, I went home. I didn't, I didn't sleep. You know what began to happen to me? I found out I started waking up in the middle of the night and God started giving me revelation like crazy. God started speaking in my spirit like crazy. He woke me up this morning and I hear worship music in my spirit and God just starts downloading stuff into my spirit like crazy. It might sound nuts to you, but it's called getting possessed by the Spirit of God. It's called the gift of faith getting strong. And here's what I found out. As faith arises on the inside of me and the gift of, the gift of faith got imparted to me, that it's just like I don't see people or things as, as no carnal man would see them anymore. I start seeing people as God sees them. And here's what I found out. As I went to minister to people, somebody has blind eyes. I, I, I'm not in the natural anymore wondering if God's going to heal them or not. Faith just takes over and something rises up in my spirit. And I said, God's going to open those eyes. Gift of faith gets on the inside. You want to wonder about what the gift of faith is? One of the gifts of the Holy Spirit, in case you're wondering. The gift of faith, what it is, is it's literally this, your spirit man, your, your flesh man, if I can say it like this, rises up and doesn't see people as God sees them. It sees people and things and, and whatever it might be as God sees them. It's, it's, I can see a barren piece of land and I, I can see an edifice built to the glory of God on that land and filled up with people worshiping God. Oh, man. It's, it's, it's running my family for a long time. Just look around. We were told this would never be built in northeastern Pennsylvania. Look what the Lord has done. Property number one, two is in Waymark, and three is soon to come. I said three is soon to come. Don't be surprised, 2020, God does something. <laughs> he already showed me some stuff. Don't be surprised, 2020 is here. Gift of faith rises up on the inside, and the gift of faith is my mother goes to whatever those slums are called over there in Kenya and says, I, I can see a medical clinic here taking care of these people. I can see this church 
feeding these people and taking care of their medication and us building churches here and, and turning the tide of a whole entire nation where people said that, well, churches wouldn't work and, well, no, and it can't have medical aid there and you can't feed people. No, gift of faith doesn't operate by feelings or doesn't operate by sight. Gift of faith calls things to be not as though they were. Gift of faith says it like this. No, I see a church here. I see people getting healed of AIDS. I see people getting delivered. I see people getting fed. I don't see people poor anymore in Kenya. I see people getting blessed by the almighty blesser himself. You understand? That's what the gift of faith is. It looks at a situation or a circumstance and calls things to be not as though they were. And guess what, folks? The gift of faith is just one gift of the Holy Ghost, and it lives on the inside of you. I said, it lives on the inside of you. And what you begin to do is you don't look at your situation anymore like carnal man looks at it. I look at it and say, by whose stripes I've been healed. I look at it and say, where's the money going to come from? I don't know. I'm not worried about it. I just know the angels are bringing it in. I look at a servant and say, well, little Johnny's a drug addict and a drug dealer. No, no. I see him as a preacher of the gospel. I see him as the next Dave Wilkerson. I see God doing something great in little Johnny's life. I'm not operating like everybody else is operating. I'm not looking like everybody else looks. I'm a dreamer, baby. It's time we start dreaming again. It's time we start seeing things again. After all, God lives on the inside of us. And if God lives in you, there's nothing you can't do. Amen. See, folks have a problem with this preaching. You know why? Because it challenges them. It challenges them. Lord woke me up last week, Lynn. I said, God, I'll tell you, I was wrestling in my spirit. I said, God, all these people I know born and raised in a Pentecostal church, and now they're not here. I said, go in other places, go in seeker sense, a lot of them not even in church, drinking alcohol, doing all this stuff. I said, what the heck is going on? I said, Lord, if I did anything to cause it, forgive me. You understand? I, you always come with humility to God. Lord said, no. I said, well, what's going on? I don't know. Inquiring minds have to ask. He said, get over there in 2 Timothy 3, where it says, in the last days. People will have itching ears. Here's what one really stuck out to me. He said, they'll have a form of godliness, but deny the power of. I told you last week, oh, you're hearing me say it a lot because the Lord dropped it in my spirit a couple weeks ago. If there's no signs, wonders, or miracle following the preaching of the gospel where you go, then you probably ought to go somewhere else. You know what we have here? In case you're listening or watching on TV or podcast or wherever else, we got signs, wonders, and miracles every single week, every single service. I got testimonies come up here because of us, no, because of who our God is. You know what I found out? Somebody told me one time, he said, you brag. I said, I do. I said, I do what the Apostle Paul does. He said, brag. If I boast of anything, I boast of the Lord. I said, here's what I found out. My preaching's mostly bragging. You know what it is? Bragging on God. Because here's what I find out. The more I brag on God, the more he just shows up and does it. So I said, you know, if you'd stop doing that, I'll stop bragging. But you're not stopping, so neither am I. So I'm going to keep bragging on you as healer. I'm going to keep bragging on you as blesser. I'm going to keep bragging on you as the good God that you are. And people will keep tasting and seeing, as you said to do in your word, that you are the one true God. Come on. You are the one true God. Hallelujah. They're not burdensome. Amen? Verse 4. For everyone who has been born of God, and this is the scripture I was going to do tonight, so I'll probably have to follow this up with another broadcast. Amen. For everyone who has been born of God overcomes the world. Feast your eyes on that. Everyone who's been born of God. Let me ask you again. Have you been born of God? If you're not, we'll make it right in a few minutes here. Have you been born again? That means you're born of God. Now, what did he say there? Everyone, does that include you? Oh, come on. I said, does that include you? 
Everyone who has been born of God overcomes the world. Well, I'm just getting through. Get through them. I was born on the wrong side of the spoon. How many times have you ever heard that? I don't know about you, but I was not born on a spoon. Amen? Come on. Anybody in this place born on a spoon? I didn't think so. So stop telling people you're born on the wrong side of a spoon. Well, they were born on the silver side of the spoon. All my spoons are the same color. I didn't know there was a silver side or a golden side. Maybe I'm just not there in life. Amen? Everyone who's been born of God. You know what that leaves? No room for failure. I said that leaves no room for failure. That leaves, you know what that means? You have no choice but to overcome. He didn't leave you a choice in the matter. Come on, fix your eyes on that. Everyone who has been born of God overcomes the world, period. Everyone who has been born of God overcomes the world, period. Yeah, but there's no yeah button there. It's you must overcome, period. If you've been born of God, you're an overcomer. I said, you're an overcomer. Well, I'm Paul and I'm an alcoholic. No, I'm Tyler and I'm an overcomer. I used to love to drink alcohol. Not no more. You'll never catch me stand up one time and say, I'm Tyler, I'm an alcoholic. That's not my confession. And in fact, well, somebody's going to get mad at me. Do the actual research of what AA used to be. It wasn't getting up confessing, I'm an alcoholic. It was confessing, I have changed by a greater power whose name is God. Now your higher power can be a tree or all kinds of nonsense. They've taken A&A and turned it into weirdo. Amen? No, if you've been born of God, you overcome the world. Woo, get that in your spirit. I said, just get that in your spirit. Wake up with that mentality every day. I've been born of God, and I'm an overcomer. You wait and see how quick your day turns around. You wait and see how next time the boss takes you off, you just say, God, I thank you. I've been born of you, and I'm an overcomer. God, I thank you. Just give me his job. Make me his boss. Hey, the Bible says promotion comes from the Lord. Oh, man. I had a man come to me Sunday. He said, I mean, you prophesied over me a month ago. Truthfully, I don't remember. I say things by the Spirit and move on. Amen. Mostly move on to something to eat after a service. Praise God. He said, you prophesied over me. He said, and you told me, get ready, that promotion's being put in my hands. That God's going to promote me at my job. He goes, truthfully, I wasn't sure when you said it. He goes, but you told me I have to have faith. I said, well, let me tell you where I get that from. The Bible. You understand the Bible says in Hebrews 4.2 that the preaching of the gospel is not profitable to people who don't mix faith with it. Woo, lay your eyes on Hebrews 4.2. It'll change every way you think about it. He says to me, he says, that was about a month ago. He says, boss called me in the other day. He goes, and truthfully, he goes, I, I wasn't sure where this was going. And then it rang up in my spirit. Tyler prophesied over you <laughs> that you're getting a promotion. He goes, boss called me in and gave me a $15,000 promotion. Not only might make you shout, but he was shouting. I said, brother, you better tithe. Amen. No. <laughs> it's a joke, folks. How many people want a $15,000 promotion? Yeah, you'd be shouting too. But he believed what the Word of God said. Watch this. He believed what the man of God said. Want a scripture for that? 2 Chronicles 20, 20. Oh, I got scriptures for everything. Well, I'm not, I don't say anything that I'm not backed by scripture with. You understand? 
Second Chronicles 20, 20 says it like this. It says, believe in the Lord thy God and you'll be established. But it says, believe in his prophets and you'll prosper in all your ways. You know what this phone's full of? Videos of great men of God who've called me out and prophesied stuff over me. You know what I do a lot of times in my prayer, brother? I put those videos on and say, Lord, this has happened. This is yet to come. Lord, I thank you. This man of God spoke this over my life. Oh, Father, I praise you for it. According to 2 Chronicles 20, 20, you said, believe in you, I'll be established, but believe in your prophets and you'll prosper. So, Father, I receive every word that's been prophesied over me. In Jesus' name, I will obtain it by faith. That's called putting it to work. Everyone who's been born of God overcomes the world. Now watch this. He don't leave any room for it. And this is the victory. That has overcome the world. What is it? You're just one of those faith preachers. You're darn right I am. Because it's the victory that's overcome the world is my faith. As Jesus said, according unto your faith, be it done unto you. Don't get mad at what I have because you haven't believed like I have. Woo, don't get mad at the blessing that's on my life because you have not sown for the blessing like I have. Look, folks, anybody can have what I have and far greater. You understand you can have as much of God as you want. You can have as much of God's stuff as you want. The choice is up to you. That's why the Bible says in Deuteronomy, you're wondering where I'm getting that from, Deuteronomy 30 and verse 19. He says, I've set before you prosperity or disaster, blessing or cursing. Oh, that you may choose life. That's what God said in Deuteronomy 30. He said, the choice is up to you. Well, God blesses some people, God doesn't. No, no, he said he set before you blessing or cursing, prosperity or disaster. The choice is up to you. Here's what I found. I could choose to do things God's way and get in on God's blessing. And guess what I found out? The word always works. I said the word always works. How's it going to work? I don't know, but he called me to stand. So having done all to stand, stand firm. I'm going to stand on the word. I'm going to keep confessing the word. I'm going to keep believing the word. And here's what I found out. He sent his word in Psalm 107:20 to heal us. He sent his word to deliver us. He sent his word to bless us. So if I can find it in God's word and stand long enough, then I can have it by faith. How about you? I said, you can have it by faith. <laughs> I said, you can have it by faith. For everyone who has been born of God overcomes the world. And this is the victory that has overcome the world. Our faith. Somebody say, my faith. My faith. You know, that, that, that's exactly why. I'll just go ahead and say it because some of these guys are my friends now. That's exactly why the fake news or media or whatever you want to call it attacks preachers of the gospel. Well, they're one of those faith preachers. Yeah, because they're trying to deliver to you victory. Somebody said to me one time, they says, who do you think you are? Somebody said to me, you know what I said? You're a liberator. Oh, man, that, oh, they made them mad. I like poking a bear once in a while. Oh, did they get mad? Well, that's arrogant. I said, no, no, no. No, no, I'm sent by God to preach the word to you. Well, you do what the word's up to you. I wish I could work it for you. Really do. Look, if it's up to me, you'd all be blessed. You'd all walk in constant victory. But it's not up to me. Watch this. It's not up to God. Oh, baby, I just rang some of your theology. It's not up to God. God's already done it. When Jesus said, Tetelestai, it is finished. Paid in full. What part of paid in full don't you understand? 
There's no room left for you to pay the bill. It's already been paid. Somebody say, praise God. I went to breakfast with somebody this morning. And they were just loving on me. And I said, they, said, they paid the bill. And I said, no, 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 I, I'll pay. I like to pay the bill. I like to be a blessing to people. Amen? I said, amen? I said, at least let me leave the, leave the tip. But when I tip, I'm a blessed guy. He's going to know he's been blessed. You know why? Because they know I'm a preacher at my place. My level of tip is just about as much as the bill. That's arrogant. No, it's not. It's so in good seed. That's so in good seed. You understand? I, when I go in places, whether I go to eat, I don't want assignment too. Lord, who can I show that you live in me? Without shy of jumping up on the table and shouting, amen, as the Holy Ghost says to him, thank God he hasn't said to do that yet. Amen. Somebody say, praise God. I'm not one of these guys running around Walmart acting like a Fruit Loop. Oh, man. Somebody's going to get offended. People get so offended by everything anymore. Like, you know, I can't say anything and people are offended. Well, I'm offended. Get over it. Last I checked, offense is the bait of Satan. Well, I'm just so offended. Get unoffended. Let me help you. Build a bridge and get over it. Somebody once said, are you a counselor? No, clearly not. Here's, I have one-step counseling. Build a bridge and get the heck over it. Amen? It's called Jesus. When I had to take that, school, that class in Bible college, I had to take a, I can't remember what it was now. Anyway, it was all about counseling, marriage and family, all this nonsense. This is how you counsel people. You know, you tell them, someday the struggle will be over. And I'm like sitting there cringing. Oh, man. Everybody struggles. <laughs> someday they'll get through. I'm like, Lord, help me. Jesus, you're teaching me patience. You're teaching me to talk about James to control my tongue. Because, Lord, if I bite this tongue any harder, they're going to be sewing it back on. Amen? <laughs> so true. I just don't believe it's the power of focus. This is what Dad talked about Sunday. Whose report do you believe? Come on. Folks, I can focus on negative all day long. Lord knows there's enough of it. So can you. Or I can choose to be positive and upbeat. Choice is up to me. You understand there's nobody that can ruin my day but me. Yeah, you don't understand what my boss said. Just bless him under your breath. <laughs> I worked for a guy one time. Oh, man. He's like working for the devil. He might be watching. God bless you. <laughs> and when I walked away from him, I was praying under my breath. He says, what are you saying under your breath? I said, well, God loves you. He has a great plan for your life. Woo, talk about defuse the bomb. Not exactly. Send him off. You know what's funny? Same day. This is ridiculous. Ask my wife. Same exact day. He comes over to me later. He goes, you know. Uh, here. So what is it? He gave me a check. He gave me a $10,000 raise. Gospel truth. Same exact day. And I said, Lord, thank you, Jesus. Amen. And I said, I did. I'm not being honest. Come on. You would too. Somebody could more give you $10,000. It ain't exactly Jesus with skin on this man. You know what I'm saying? I said, Lord, the wealth of the sinner is laid up for the righteous. Proverbs 13, 22. Some scripture. I said, thank you, Lord. You know what? I, I, I asked the Lord, I said, why'd you do that? I get it. You love me. I get it. You love to bless your children, things of that nature. What, what determined that? He said, you did. I said, what do you mean? I, 
He said, I said, bless those who curse you. And he said, you, you blessed him when you walked away. How many of us would have called him something other? And I wouldn't have got the race. I really believe that. I really believe the Lord would not have given me the race. Had I walked away and said, yeah, son of a gun, you know, no good, you know, two but whatever. He said, I just got him. The Lord bless him. Help him, Lord. Holy Spirit, get a hold of him. Wrestle his heart down. And the Lord repaid me for it. I said, the Lord repaid me for it. I found out God will use a sinner to bless you. I said, God will use a sinner to bless you. See, most people don't have faith for it. God will use a carnal man to bless you. I found out Proverbs 13, 22, the wealth of the sinner is laid up for the righteous and the good man leaves inheritance to his children's children. I found out it was true. God caused a wicked man to write me a $10,000 check. Now that might get you excited. I was sure happy. And then I found out what more, <laughs> what more, the Bible says are more than a conqueror. I found out what that meant that very day. You want to know? I got home. Romans 8, 37, more than a conqueror. I got home. And I showed that check to my wife. You want to know what more than a conqueror was? She snatched that check out of my hand so quick. I thought, wait a minute. What about the whole the train? I work for that. Come on. Men, can I get a witness? Yeah, and now if your wife's sitting next to you, you just keep looking forward. I ain't going down that road with Tyler. That's couch material. She snatched that check out of my hand so quick. I'm teasing. Carol's phenomenal. I'm just making a point here. I found out what more than a conqueror was. You know what it was? Even though I worked for it. Even though I had it. Oh, man. Even though I had it, it was just given to her that quickly. What I find out is the victory that is our faith is because we're children of God. What I found out was I, I can be more than an overcomer, more than a conqueror in every circumstance, in every situation, because Jesus already went to bat for me. Because Jesus hung on a tree, I don't have to. Because Jesus suffered, I don't have to. People say, I want to suffer with Christ. You need to learn the text on that thing. Talk about sharing his sufferings. I don't I see you dragging you naked up Route 6, pulling your beard out, punching you, whipping you and everything else. Don't tell me you're sharing in his sufferings. You know what that does, truthfully? That, that like diminishes what Christ did. That's why I get so irritated about it. I really do. Well, I'm sharing in his sufferings. No, you're not. Jesus died once and for all. The Bible says because of one man's trespass, all were damned. But because of one man's faithfulness of hanging on a tree, all have been forgiven. Don't tell me, well, I'm suffering with Christ. That's a load of crap, man. You're dealing with something and trying to attribute it to Christ. Instead of using your faith to overcome it. It's true, though. It's true. Love me, hate me, whatever. That's what the Word says. We always got to go back to the Word. Next verse. And I'll land the plane. No pun intended. Verse 5. Who is it that overcomes the world except the one who believes that Jesus is the Son of God? Let me ask you again. Do you believe Jesus is the Son of God? Do you believe Jesus is the Son of God? Then you have no choice but to overcome. Woo, 
baby. Your week's going to turn around quick. This just went from being hump day to being praise day. <laughs> because I believe who Jesus is and what he's done for me. I've been made a child of God. How about you? I have no choice. I'm not allowed to be a victim anymore. I'm not allowed to be a victim anymore. We sing a song here called No Longer Victim. We should have put it in the set Sunday. I'm no longer a victim. Because of what Jesus Christ did, I'm not a victim, neither are you. And the devil has even gotten himself into pulpits all across America into teaching people, well, you have to live beat down. You have to live broke. Someday when you get to heaven, look, you're right, I am going to heaven. But Jesus said, taught his disciples how to pray like this, that his will would be done here on earth as it is in heaven. Catholic brothers and sisters say it every day. They don't realize what they're saying because they're not attaching faith to it. True. Come on. Hebrews 4.2 makes that true, that statement I just said. Lord, your will be done here on earth as it is in heaven. Let me ask you this. Is there any sickness in heaven? Is there any poverty in heaven? I know most Christians represent God like he's homeless, but he's really not. <laughs> There's no sickness and disease. There's no poverty and lack. There's no sin and death. Why? Because Jesus has redeemed us from all the curse of the law. You know, that's part of the reason I get so forked up by Christians not operating in the blessing of God and their benefits because Jesus died to pay for it. How many of you people go shopping, Walmart, you know, whatever? Okay, what do you guys do for groceries? Bunch of freeloaders? No, I'm kidding. <laughs> go to Giant, whatever, in this grocery store. Here's what I found out about Miss Carolyn. She's always calm, cool, collected. We've been married five years. This is our little guy. Says, you didn't ever yell at me once. Believe me, I'm worthy to be yelled at. I do enough things to get yelled at, amen? He says, no. I says, why not? Well, I don't believe I should be upset. I said, Jesus, help me to be like her. But here's what I found out. If she was to go to Walmart and buy $226 worth of groceries and do the grocery pickup, because that's what most people do now, at least that's what we do, and uh, they only put $26 worth of groceries in the car. Let me tell you something. She might be a little upset. Would you be upset? You and me, Barbara. Anybody else be upset? Come on. Wal you know, Sam Walton's company there just ripped me off 200 bucks. You'd be ripping You'd be calling them everything but blessed. Amen. But yet believers do the same thing with the blood of Jesus. Jesus died to redeem us once and all from the curse. Sin and death, sickness and disease, poverty and lack. Am I saying you won't struggle with things in life? No, I'm not. But I'm saying thanks be to God who always causes us to triumph in everything. You missed Jerry's message Monday night, you ought to go back and listen to that thing. That'll get your fighting spirit back. He's talking about boxing, man. I, I was getting fired up sitting up there. I was getting ready to punch somebody out. Come on. I was, man. I was getting fired up in my spirit. I said, get him, Jerry. Get him. Hanging with him. He told me the other day, he said, Tyler, he says, don't ever quit dreaming. Don't ever quit believing. I said, don't worry, I won't. I said, hang around guys like you and Jesse and them guys long enough. Good Lord. I said, somebody's got to bring me back to planet Earth. Amen. Because I love to believe God. 
I love to believe the unbelievable and receive the impossible. How about you? Let me give you a couple of scriptures and we'll land this out. Look these up for yourself. Jot them down. But this is going to help you. First John 4, 4. Little children, you are from God and have overcome them. For greater is he that is in you than anything that's in this world. Somebody say, praise God. It all starts with little children. You're from God and you've already overcome them. Hello? Right here. I'm an overcomer. I'm not a victim. I'm a victor. I'm a winner. I'm not going to lose in life. I'm not going to fail. No, no, I speak success and destiny and prosperity over my life each and every day, and I'm going to confess it until I get it in my heart and it becomes a reality. How about you? you? Write this down. You must know whose you are and what is yours before you can overcome. Ooh, baby. You must know whose you are and what is yours before you can overcome. Watch this. I wrote these down just before. Jesus gave special promises to those who overcame the world. Boy, it's going to blow your mind. Write these down. Revelation 2.7. Eat of the tree of life that was in the midst of the paradise of God is a benefit for those who have overcome. Number two. Also, Revelation 2.17. To him that overcometh will I give to eat of the hidden manna. How many people want to eat of the hidden manna? And will give him a white stone. I said, Lord, put it on a Rolex. Amen. <laughs> Just kidding. He'll give him a white stone. And in the stone, a new name written, which no man knoweth, saving that he receiveth it. Amen. Revelation 2.26, to him that overcomes, he'd give power over the nations. I said, he'd give power over the nations. Whew. Folks, this is a belongs covenant benefits to those that are overcomers amen revelation 3 5 he that overcometh the same shall be clothed in white raiment and i will not blot out his name of the book of life but i will confess his name before my father and before all of heaven's angels i don't know about you but i want jesus confessing my name before god and all of heaven's angels how about you Revelation 3.12, him that overcometh will I make a pillar in the temple of my God. I said, Lord, make me a pillar, and he shall go out no more. And I will write upon him the name of God and the name of the city of my God, which is the new Jerusalem, which cometh down out of heaven from my God, and I will write upon him my new name. Folks, the name of God will be written on you. I said, the name of God will be written on you. In other words, God's property, get your hands off. That's Revelation 3.12. Revelation 3.21. To him that overcometh will I grant to sit with me in my throne. Let me tell you, that one got me shouting in my living room just before. I will grant to him to sit with me in my throne. Even as I also overcame, he will also overcome and sit down with my father on his throne. That's the Bible. I said, that's the Bible. That belongs to those that overcome. Well, I don't know if I want to overcome in life. I'll just be a loser. Well, guess what? You're missing out on covenant benefits. I don't know about you, but I've been seated with him in heavenly places. Ephesians 2. Whew. Revelation 21.7. I love this. He that overcometh shall inherit all things. And I will be his God. And he will be my son. I'll inherit all things. He is my God and I am his son.
Stand with me. Say, I'll inherit all things. He is my God. And I am his son. That right there will change the whole paradigm of your life, folks. How do we overcome? By our faith. The Bible says even our faith. Matthew tells us of two blind men that followed Jesus. And when he came into the house, they came to him and asked him, Do you believe that I'm able to do this? They responded, yes. Jesus answered, according to your faith, be it done unto you. Do you believe Jesus can do it? Come on, do you believe Jesus can do it? To the centurion, Jesus said, as you have believed, be it done unto you. To the woman from Seraphonicia, Jesus said, oh woman, great is your faith. Be it done to you even as you have desired. I'm trying to show you a pattern with our God, Amen. To the woman who touched the hem of his garment, he said, Daughter, be of good cheer. Your faith has made you whole. <laughs> what is faith? Faith is not only believing that God is able, but believes God will do it for me now. Faith is not only believing that God's able. Look, all kinds of Christians, well, I believe God's able. I believe God's able. I believe it's like a wind-up doll. I believe God's able. No, no, no. I don't believe he's able. I believe he's doing it right now in my life. I believe it just like this. It's coming to pass today in my life. Well, you don't have it yet. Oh, it's just on its way. Now the angels just move a little slower than they should. Speed it up, boys. Come on. Faith. Put it up there in the Amplified version. Hebrews 11.1. 1. It's my favorite in the Amplified. We all believe that God can do it. We just aren't sure if he will for us. I said, we all believe God can do it. We're just not sure if he'd do it for you or I, if we'd be honest. Hebrews 11, one of the Amplified. It's my favorite. Now faith is the assurance, the confirmation, the title deed. Oh, come on, somebody. I said the title deed. You ought to get yourself an Amplified Bible. It'll help you so much understand what the scriptures are saying. The title deed. How many people know if I have a deed of a vehicle? Even if it's not here, I still own the vehicle. Guess what? He gave us a title deed. Well, I'm, no, no, no. My healing's on its way. I got the title to it right here. My blessing's on the way. I got the title to it right here, Lynn. My debt-free life is on its way because I got the title right here. It's the title deed, folks, of things we hope for. Being the proof of things we do not yet see. Hello? And the conviction of their reality. Faith perceiving as real fact what is not revealed to the senses. Oh, I'm going to read that again. Faith perceiving as a real fact what is not yet revealed in my sentences. You know what I found? I said, God... Everything that is yours, Jesus said belongs to him. The Holy Ghost is going to show it to me. I already have it. I already have it. Well, where is it? Well, the angels will take their time bringing it over. But I have faith to believe it's already done for me. I just have faith to believe my senses have to get in line with what the Word of God says. My body has to get in line with what the Word of God says. My finances have to get in line. I, you know what I do a lot of times? I'll get in there in Malachi 3 where it says, that in, in verse 6, where it says, God changes not. Hello? It says when you bring the tithe and the offering in, he'll rebuke the devourer off your life. I a lot of times say, hey, devourer, get off my money. Well, that's crazy. No, that's what the word says. Truth is the spirit of mammon has robbed people for generations in their finances. Get off. 
get off. Get off. You have no place to devour or to touch me or my household. You know the only thing that has power to touch me? Blessing. Goodness and mercy are chasing me. Yeah, yeah, we just read it at a funeral. No, no, it's the word of God today. Goodness and mercy are chasing me all the days of my life. Chasing me. Oh, baby. Goodness and mercy chasing me? Some folks, you talk to them, Christians, you swear, good Lord, disaster and death are at their door. No, goodness and mercy are chasing me. And here's what I found. Not only as I preach this, but as I live this thing out, God is faithful to confirm what he says. God's faithful. You know, folks, I'll just tell you this. And seriously, I'll land it. Jerry said Monday night, he said, Paul, Apostle, he said, we got this from the, us preachers, got this from the Apostle Paul. Apostle Paul said, finally, my brethren. Then he wrote a whole other chapter. Amen. <laughs> As I begin to close, here's what I found out. There's nothing too hard for God. You know what I declared 2019 would be? The year of the favor of my God. Proverbs 3 tells us when we faith and tithe and offering all that stuff, it says he give you favor with God and favor with man. So I said, Lord, I'm asking for an increase in favor with you, but favor with people too. I'm asking for an increase in favor in miracles. Favor in my finance. Watch this favor with my faith. These prayers ain't hitting the ceiling. They ain't falling on deaf ears. No, they're going straight to the throne. That's what the word says. There ain't nothing stopping my prayers, man. Nothing. And when you develop your faith to that place, there's nothing you can't do. There's nothing you can't do. Good Lord, I'll tell you this. My blessing to you is a blessing to me the other day. My wife, I was going to the bathroom, and she runs upstairs and comes in the bathroom. So I knew something was either terribly wrong or something terribly great, because she never comes in when I'm going to the bathroom. Amen. And she came in. I'm telling the truth. She came in. I was on the throne. Amen. And she says, uh, she says, is this for real? I was like, oh, Jesus, where is this going? Come on, right? It was a letter from the insurance company we had insurance with three years ago. <laughs> it said the IRS just reviewed them. And because they're a nonprofit organization, you know, 80% of their money or whatever must be spent. And they didn't spend up to the 80%. So they literally had 30 days to either redistribute money to people who had their insurance. <laughs> or they'd have to pay all kinds of fines. It was a check for $1,421. You better believe I was praising God on the throne. <laughs> See, that, that, that might not be a big deal to you. But I just sowed a significant seed the night before. And truthfully, I said, Lord, I don't know where this is coming from. I said, but I'm being obedient. And then he had blue cross and blue shield pay the difference. I'm telling the truth. You know what's even worse? I said it to my family in a group chat. I said, don't tell me my God is not Jehovah Jireh. El Shaddai, the God of more than enough. And just so you know, stupid blue cross, blue shield, God's getting the praise for this. Because of your guys' blunder, my God bless me. And then Dylan texts back, I just got one in the mail too. I said, the anointing just flows right on through, brother. See, it might not be a lot to you, but if you checked your mailbox and got a reimbursement for 1400 some dollars, it'd blow your mind. Last I checked, insurance companies aren't paying you. You're always paying them. I called that lady one time. I said, I've had your, your business, you know, since the Obamacare thing. I said, I've never used it once. Can I have a refund? She says, sir, that's not how insurance works. I said, you forced me to buy something I don't use, and you won't give me a refund? I said, I might as well get on the road and throw the money out the window. Amen. 
No, God's word always works. God's word always works. I found out you could stand in faith and call in a harvest. You can stand in faith and believe God. You can stand in faith for whatever you need in your life, spiritually, physically, financially, racially, emotionally. Our God is able. He's not only able, he's willing. This goes way back through my great-great-grandparents. Our family was rough. Gamblers and fighters and drinkers and all kinds of nonsense. <laughs> from Long Island and from Maine. He didn't mess with us, amen? My grandfather used to get so mad listening to the Red Sox on the radio, he used to punch the snot out of his cows. Don't worry, he's dead in like 100 years. You know, somebody would be getting off. Hey, how dare him punch a cow? You know, you're probably sitting there with a hamburger in front of you. You know, anger, man. And he got saved and filled with the Holy Ghost in one night. My grandpa drops. Next year, in June, we'll be celebrating 70 years of full-time ministry. 70 years. Well, I, I think they're just, you know, a scam over there. 70 years of full-time ministry. The goodness and faithfulness of God. The Bible says His faithfulness will be shown to a thousand generations. The Bible says, I found this one out in Psalm 112. Because of the faithfulness of one generation, the children and children's children will be successful everywhere they go. Grandfather said me one day, he said, you're blessed everywhere you go. I said, it's your fault. I said, it's your fault. He said, you get around these guys, the people who dream to be around, they're calling your phone and having other planes and doing all kinds of I said, it's your fault because of your faithfulness to God. Folks, don't quit one day before your miracle. I said, don't quit one day before your miracle. Put that back up there, 1 John 5, 4. We're going to read it one more time and close in prayer. Amen? I said, amen. I got all kinds of stuff here that's not important. What's important is you know who your God is. I said, you know who your God is. I pray that this message, you'll go back and listen to it. And they'll get it out on podcasts and TV and everything. And I pray it'll be a blessing to you. Here's what I want to challenge you. What are you believing God for? What are you believing God for? And I tell you this. <laughs> Help me, Lord. You need to write it down, what you're believing God for. Good for you. And keep it in front of you. Keep it in front of you. I got pictures of things I'm believing God for on my phone, on the mirror in the bathroom, in my vehicle. One's a screen screensaver on my phone. So every time I pull the stinking phone out of my pocket, which seems to be a ton, I'm staring at it. I got the vision right in front of me. And I look at it and I say, thank you, Jesus. Thank you. The Bible says to write the vision down, make it plain on tablets. Though the vision tarry, it'll surely come to pass. It'll surely come to pass. Write it down. I ch my challenge to you this week is write down everything you're believing God for, spiritually, physically, financially, relationally, emotionally, and watch how God does it for you. And I promise you this, as God does it, just check it off the list. Check it off the list. And when you run out of a list, frame it and hang it on the wall. Start a new list. I got a list, I told you. It would take, you know, <laughs> it's just ridiculous. Put the biggest item on my list. Most costly item on my list, <laughs> which will prove to people it'll come from the hand of God, because there's no way any man could do it for sure. Some of you are wondering what it is. Don't worry, it's between me and the Lord. Amen. I'm not one of those guys that gets on the microphone and says, "Tell you what I'm believing God for," because I don't want anybody to think somebody did it for me. Not only 
The Lord confirmed it through multiple people. What a partner of ours from Maine messaged me this morning on Instagram. He said, hey, Pastor Kyle, I just wanted, here's what the Lord showed me in your prayer, in my prayer time. The Lord has this thing reserved for you. Does that drive away what you might? I just sent back LOL in all caps. The biggest item on my list. Whew. Biggest item on my list. That's the third person this year that God spoke to him and told him he's going to put that in my hands. People in Maine, not exactly hearing the church, hearing from God. God has one of these reserved for Pastor Tyler. Let him know in your prayer time I revealed it to you. I was said on a multitude of three witnesses thing to be established. Why do I tell you that? I tell you that to charge your faith. There's no limit to what you can have with God. Amen? For everyone who has been born of God overcomes the world. And this is the victory that has overcome the world, our faith. Father, I pray for each and every person in this place, Lord. I pray the Holy Spirit would give them a fresh revelation of dreams and purpose and desires in their heart. God, may they know, just as the Bible says, those who trust in the Lord, you'd give them the desires of their heart. You said, delight yourself in the Lord, and you'll grant us the desires of our heart. Father, may we delight ourselves in you, and may you grant us the desires of your heart. I pray for each and every person, everything they're believing for, spiritually, physically, financially, racially, emotionally. I put some pressure on you, God. Put it in their hands. In Jesus' mighty name. Father, if I've obtained any favor with you, I pray you put it in their hands. In Jesus' mighty name, Lord, I'm asking a favor of you, God. I'm asking you, Lord, to do something great in the lives of your children. And I pray everything that they're believing for is supernatural to a point that unbelievers will look at them and say they must have some sort of in. The mafia must have did that for them. Somebody on the outside must have did that. There's no way that they could have obtained that in their own strength. God, I pray just like it said in your word that unbelievers look at their life like they did with David. And they said, he must be getting help from the outside. And David said it like this. Oh yeah, let me show you. My help comes from the Lord. Let's look to the hills where my help comes from. My help comes from Almighty God, who's the maker of the heavens and of the earth. Father, I pray the wicked would gnat their teeth at the children of God from this ministry particularly and see that there is something real about what we're teaching. There is something real about what we're preaching that they would possess it in their hands and the wicked people would say, your God must be the one true God. Now, angels, I put the pressure on you. Do it quickly in Jesus' mighty name. Do it quickly. Do it quickly. Do it quickly in Jesus' mighty name. And all God's people that receive it by faith, come on, you receive it by faith, clap those hands and give God some praise. Amen? Now may the Lord bless you, may he keep you, may he always cause his face to shine upon you in your rising up and your lying down each and every day that you live to see the gift of another sunrise. May you know that you are blessed and highly favored by Almighty God himself in Jesus' mighty name. Amen? You receive this word by faith? According to Hebrews 4, 2, Lord, we receive it by faith and make it profitable to us in Jesus' name. Amen? Have the best week of your life. Hey guys, we hope you enjoyed that message. And if you did, take a photo of you listening and tag us on your social. Thanks again for joining us. We love you, God loves you, and may God's richest blessing be yours.